have Santa Claus. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'd like to be the first to welcome you to our holiday, our festive holiday specials, or series of specials I guess we're going to have this year. A couple of shows where we're going to continue the trend uh, on this show that we interrupted last year of talking about Killer Santas and all of the wonderful things, of, other wonderful things of this, uh, I, I this know, season brings you. <laughs> I know, I've been suffering from Wait. a lack of that. Wait, who's that? I didn't introduce you yet, did I? <laughs> <laughs> who's there? Who is it? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Christmas With sneaks me, up on always. you like that, doesn't it? <laughs> With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going tonight, Joe? It's going pretty good. It's feel, going feeling pretty fat good. and jolly like like I am this time of I, year? So. You know, yeah, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, fat and jolly. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to be the former and trying to be the latter, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to kind of embrace a socially distant holiday. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pr- uh, promote a product that I was not asked to do, but we did pick up <laughs> the, the Facebook portal tv device oh yeah and mounted it to our living room tv and essentially it's a webcam that sits on top of your tv but it's it's it looks like a crossing you know, a webcam and like a wii sensor bar um mm-hmm. and it's kind of a pain in the ass because you have to log into it through facebook and i really don't want to use facebook any more than i do anyway um but it is really cool like to not have a have to walk around with a tablet or walk around with a cell phone when you're video chatting with people. So like this Christmas when the kids open their presents from their grandparents, their grandparents are going to get to watch them do that and actually kind of feel like they're in the living room. Yeah. And that's that's pretty that's cool. cool. So I'm okay with it. We're going to we're going to just have a happy friggin' holiday <laughs> with just the four yeah. of us. And yeah, we are too. I'm I'm not too online. opposed to the whole idea like it's um I mean, I'm gonna miss seeing some people, certainly, but you know, yeah, with everything that's going on, I certainly don't mind having like a small, just our family Christmas. It sounds like a good time. It'll be relaxing and easy, and everything the holidays should be that they're so often not. So, I uh, agree, and I think Thanksgiving kind of gave us a taste of that. Um, for the pe- those of you that didn't get together with a bunch of extended family, those people that played by the rules for Thanksgiving, like I did, and I know that you guys did. Um, it wasn't yeah. bad it was fine it was nice it felt very intimate and it felt more kind of you know together than they sometimes do yeah we had a great day it's it's easy there's no pressure like we could have dinner at any time like you know yeah whenever the turkey gets done we'll eat it it's that's that's it just uh 
Yeah, and I know some people that were like, we did frozen pizza. It was fine. It was, yeah. We were just together. It's okay, you know. Get, so, get a little wine drunk at two in the afternoon. Don't do that too often anymore. So it's, no, yeah. do it while you can. You know, that's what I say. <laughs> right. Start drinking scotch at noon. Why not? It's just Wednesday. Do it. Drink um, scotch, fry a turkey, right? No. <laughs> yeah, I did not set my house on fire. He didn't. Success. It looked like it was delicious. I forgot to ask you. I'm sure it was. It but. was. It was great. Um, I, I'm. It was a, a worthy investment to get that turkey fryer because I'm going to be actually uh, brewing beer with the propane stand uh, oh, later yeah. this week. So nice. Going to be going to be making an Irish red ale that I'm going to age until everybody gets vaccinated, and then I'm going to be like, yeah. this is this was worth it all. Yeah, I was going to recommend a Killer Santa motif since it's a red ale, but now nah, you got to go with the COVID if you're going to age it that. Got to age it. Long, so. I, well, I said I'm going to keep. I'm going to age it until March, and yeah, okay. when the shutdown yeah. first happened, and that's when I'm going to go. All right, it's this is the COVID beer, which I don't think is a good <laughs> thing to call it. I'll have to come up with something <laughs> no. else. It'll have yeah. bourbon in it. That's the important part. There you go. It'll be a beer with bourbon in it. So, but yeah, you got to so, yeah. spread some holiday cheer, right? Right. Well, and speaking of holidays, we're starting, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're starting our uh, series, of, which is a series of two uh, holiday movies this year. If you'll remember way back to our first year, way back two years ago, uh, we covered for Christmas time the entire Silent Night, Deadly Night series. One yeah. of those, uh, we watched it so you don't have to. You're welcome. Um, and uh, last year, I think we had a little more of a kind of freeform show where we kind of talked about like what makes a Christmas movie and all that and which is which by the way I, I liked I thought turned out to be a very good show yeah but we are going to return to form a little bit this year and talk about you know a couple more um famous killer Santa movies so the first of which if uh we don't uh, have it without any you know waiting further around ado. any longer oh. yeah further ado uh is the Finnish movie, and when I say that, yes, I mean from the country Finland, you may remember from the Money Python song, um, yeah. <laughs> is the movie Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. It's the most magical time of the year. When traditions are honored. And the youngest among us still believe in the spirit of the season. We found something else than just plain rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant icebox. For storing what? Drill deeper. Prepare the dynamite. You have a grave to rob. We have Santa Claus. Selitä sille, että... Meillä on täällä pukki myytävänä. 
when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. And he doesn't give up. This was a, I'm going to call it a 2010 movie, although I believe this thing was shot in like 2007, 8, and finally got yeah. distribution I, around 2010. But I, I got to ask, where did you hear about this one? Cause this oh, was... I have been reading about this on lists of best Christmas horror films for years at this point. So probably the better part of a decade because it came out wow. a dec- about a decade ago. Uh, first, originally, I think I read about it in Fangoria magazine or Rumor. One of the horror magazines did a list of best, you know, kind of killer Santa or Christmas horror films. Um, most recently, I think I posted it on the Video Junkyard podcast group last year, and I think I was going to post it, or maybe I even did this year again. Can't remember. So most of the time I post stuff and I don't even remember. But uh, there was a bloodydisgusting.com did a... Um, list of like a hundred or it was a lot 25 maybe um christmas horror films to check out this year but it's a big massive list of pretty much everything you'd ever think of of christmas oriented horror films um and this was uh one of them that was right up at the top so um again it was just another one that like i been on the list to see for a long time every every holiday season i've tried to talk my wife into watching this and krampus and all that and she gets kind of bent out of shape because they're not you know warm and cuddly movies um but uh although I, th- I think you could make it a, you know we'll get to that at the end of the show i think you could make an uh an argument for this one being you know kind of a very you know warm christmasy film at the end maybe but yeah and, <laughs> and you know what this and, and i want to point out not to cause like you know put a put a word on anything or anything with it but um you know normally on the show we try to do older things like we we don't really have a hard fast rule about what makes old but yeah, this one came true. out in 2010 so it's one of the more recent movies that we've reviewed it um, is and when but i'm when glad picking this out oh sorry yeah no it's just i'm glad we did though like th- this is we even talked about it a little bit before uh, we we decided on films. Like, yeah, it's a newer one, but yeah, screw it. Let's let's go ahead with it. You know, and I'm glad yeah. I we felt did. strongly about doing this one because I just, yeah. it just really I had read so many good things about it, and it just yeah, I was it was sitting there on my list for years, and I just wanted to knock it out. Also. I feel like we talked about the cutoff. Like, I feel like I was writing the cutoff date because we said, well, anything that's like older than like a decade, we could we could probably, you know, put in here. We do focus mainly on 80s and 90s. But, um, you know, so this just made the cutoff. This was like Christmas season 2010 when this thing was originally got distribution to did its theatrical run. So. So. So I think it counts. But uh, do we want to put a spoiler warning before this one? Um, sure. Yeah, let's go ahead okay. and just just in case, like every movie we discuss on this podcast, we we will be, you know, spoiler heavy on discussing all of the ins and outs of the film. The good thing is, is this thing is uh, Rare Exports, uh, A Christmas Tale is free to watch on the Tubi TV service. So go and check that out. Uh, we do a lot of watching on Tubi. Uh, we have added a couple of other free services recently, but Tubi has been kind of our go-to for especially cult movies, uh, like which certainly cult and foreign movies, and this one fits in both of those uh, and, and categories. And Tubi's totally free, which means they don't pay us to say that. Right, yeah. 
we uh we tried to hit him up for some cash, but um yeah, never heard back from him. No, that that but, email but... <laughs> just bounced back like a friggin' yeah. basketball. It was nuts. But uh yeah, you know, it's free service, so go check it out. So if you're concerned about spoilers at all, please go check out Rare Exports. You will not regret it. This is the holiday movie you need to watch this year, so that's um Absolutely. <laughs> it is an interesting one. And, so and, yeah, you know, without... a finish a finished Christmas movie too. Like I don't feel like there's enough of those and it upon watching <laughs> it I was like a finished Christmas movie. There needs to be mm-hmm. more of these. Like I would think there'd be more Christmas movies based in Scandinavia. We've gotten you more think vampire so. movies but... based in Scandinavia. Yeah. A lot of lot of like well, what's the the couple famous horror films that come to mind out of scandinavia in recent years well three i think of three think of three and that's let the right one in mm-hmm. um troll hunter oh yeah and uh dead snow in which um it's like a nazi zombie thing because we talked about you know those not that long ago um yeah but yeah uh this one definitely reminds me most of out of those those uh, the most of troll hunter it's got some things in common with that for sure it's it takes but, it it is funny this is a, this does have some really humorous parts to it but it doesn't it pays them it plays them deadpan yep I would go as far to call this a dark comedy but it is certainly a scary and creepy movie as at the same time like it's uh everything that plays out is certainly humorous but it's uh got a kind of a cool creepy premise so yeah i guess like, I, i'd like to, to dive right into and we do we kind of went through the personal history of this is this was the first time you had ever heard of rare exports when we had heard of to, or seen yeah. yeah yeah and i, I figured that's gonna be the same about what i was getting into <laughs> because i mean you mentioned it being a finnish finnish holiday film i think this might be the first finnish film i've seen at all it's the first finnish film i finished to be dr seuss about it ah. but um <laughs> like but i see uh, what you did there yeah, but I have been reading about it for years, so it was one I wanted to knock off my list, and I'm glad I got to. So, um, this was written and directed by uh, I, if I don't, I'm going to try not to butcher all the names here. Uh, I should be good, you know, my my Scandinavian uh, genetics should be able to figure this stuff out. But I just in case, I'll. But it's by Jelmari Helander, I believe. Helander, Jelmari Helander. Um, based on a series of short films that he did, which I actually watched on YouTube today, and they're almost just as good as the. Uh, as the feature if you haven't seen those go go check those out as well um, but a series of short films that he he wrote and directed and this was just basically the feature length adaptation that kind of expanded upon those ideas the first short film was about um, hunters that you know hunted the wild father christmases and boxed them and send sent them out to all the you know malls shopping malls and whatever of the world so it, it kind of gives away don't, I would say don't watch the short films before you watch rare exports right um because it's going to give away the the big kind of premise that kind of waits till the end to reveal itself of what it's actually about um but anyway yeah so if you have if you do see those short films it, it, you'll have a better idea of where what you're getting into but um i would say the the, the way i would recommend enjoying it is watch uh watch the feature film first but Anyway, yeah, so this is an interesting twist on the whole quote-unquote killer Santa movie because, like we said, in years past, we checked out the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. Uh, we're going to, next week, be checking out another, yet another cult killer Santa film. But this one, uh, I think, feels like it has a little bit more in line with kind of the modern um, Krampus films than it does the actual, you know, killer serial killer Santa because uh, it's based like really heavily in like pagan uh, mythology and kind of the 
um, that it ties pagan mythology in with the roots of the Santa Claus myth. Never uses the word Krampus, but you're getting a lot of that story kind of intermingled in the way it, it paints Santa Claus in, in the like little bits that it gives us in the, the book that the kid is uh, reading. But um, what did you think of the, the basic premise the of like the mythology, kind of the, the ideas behind this version of Santa Claus and all of its uh, it, the way it played out? So like most people nowadays, when I watch a movie, I'm usually surfing and watching something on my phone at the same time but like <laughs> reading about what i'm watching um but in, in this case um yeah i i was kind of like and as we talked about right before we recorded i recently showed the uh the, the film krampus to my kids uh and, and they loved it so we were already on kind of a krampus kick and then later that night we watched this one and went oh yeah this is actually kind of Krampus as well, like the the mythos behind Santa. It's a different version, and it just kind of brought reminded me that different versions of Father Christmas, uh, Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus, whatever you know, throughout all mm. the different Europe you know European cultures and all around the world, there's all these different versions. Um, and this one kind of plays with a couple different ones and and does its own thing with it. Uh, I I thought it was pretty clever um it this this film definitely kept my interest the entire time yeah uh, it, it definitely kept my interest i was intrigued by the characters i was intrigued by the mythology i loved the idea of this you know evil santa buried underneath a mountain by like <laughs> tribes that just like literally built a step mountain over i don't know i thought it was that was pretty great yeah buried it deep down in the earth like the balrog in lord of the rings right yeah um and i just realized i neglected to i started diving into the mythology like and all this stuff and i neglected to even give anybody a synopsis of this film and what it is generally about you might have picked up a little bit here and there but let me give you a real one a young boy named pietri and his friend yuso think a secret mountain drilling project near their home in northern finland has uncovered the tomb of santa claus However, this is a monstrous, evil Santa, much unlike the cheery Saint Nick of legend. When Pietri's father captures a feral old man in his wolf trap, the man may hold the key to why reindeer are being slaughtered and children are disappearing. So that should set the tone a little bit more to what we're talking about. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, like uh, the, the boy, Pietri, and his friend um, are suspicious of this drilling... Uh, kind of installation going on on top of the mountain and this is in like northern uh finland like we're talking like northern lights territory where um most likely not a whole lot of people live and kind of and you kind of get a taste of kind of the way that people are living up there i don't know what exactly what they're doing for work they're they're farming or herding reindeer and um what's his name the uh one of the other characters has a gig a local gig somewhere playing santa claus but you don't get a, a you get a, a sense that this is a very, very rural uh working class area and also that the, the elements are certainly it's far enough north the elements are certainly something that they're dealing with uh um we're similar to something like you know barrow alaska or right um, yeah so it's uh yeah so these kids kind of get suspicious that uh this mining operation that of outsiders that are kind of digging into the mountain near where they live are actually uh you know uncovering the uh 
tomb of Santa Claus, who is unlike what we believe for, of Santa, a you know giant horned demon of sorts that has a army of elves, quote unquote elves. I'm doing finger quotes there that are uh, kind of creepy naked old men <laughs> that are zombie-esque old men. Um, that are your typical, you know, bearded Santa Claus type characters. So we uh, are dealing with a couple of characters from the get-go, and that's Pietri and his dad. Um, I have it in front of me here. Uh, yeah. Uh, his... Rauno is the... Uh, names are going to be tough here because they're all very Scandinavian, right. <laughs> Scandinavian names. Pietri's but... father's interesting. He's, he's a butcher, it appears. Or he's... It, uh, I don't want to say he's a butcher. He's got a hell of a facility for butchering yeah animals they're so. herding reindeer i imagine that that's that's a meat operation it seems like he's a butcher of sorts yeah. i don't i don't and he you know he's a single dad raising his son they did some they do some really great work in this with character development mm-hmm. where you see the, the the see his father in this one um yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to even say the names because I really don't want to butcher, but Rauno, um, yep. who's Petri's father, he, he's a bit hard on the kid. The kid's a bit kind of all over the place. He's a little boy, you mm-hmm. know. He's a little boy, but and he still you know, believes in Santa and all this, but he has like a different... But again, I have to keep reminding myself, this is a different version of Santa than the, you know, night, you know, you know, Twas the Night Before Christmas, Coca-Cola ad kind of Santa. Yeah. Um, you kind of get the idea that Santa's a scary thing anyway. <laughs> um, yep. Well, he's in possession of an old book of some sort yeah. that has, uh, you know, basically a pagan legend of, of, of the origins of the Santa Claus myth that there's this, you know, creature that uh, feeds on children or at least the essence of children and sends these, you know, elves or, you know, it's, it's denizens out to collect children for, for it to feed on. Um and yeah, so that they're very he's he and, and to a lesser extent his friend are very much terrified of of Santa Claus. It's never uh but but his father I think just kind of like shrugs it off the same old way you would shrug off the belief that like the like we do now, you know, your kid believes in Santa Claus, but he so he doesn't heed any of his warnings at all. It, so really this version of Santa's more Jolapuki, I think it's pronounced from from Finland, right? Which is this kind of weird father christmasy character okay uh so it it makes sense that you know the kid this is the equivalent of the kid being scared of like the boogeyman which i i bring up only because it's not like i don't want i don't want people to think like oh the kid believes in santa the way we think of him and his father treats him kind of weird no his father's treating him a little strange you get the impression the father's doing the whole like solo dad thing they do some Mm -hmm. really good job with the emotion about like him having a hard time obviously not having yeah. his wife we never get when you know how long the wife has been i mean she's she's died um yeah. how long she's been gone or you know how long the situation but it's 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 very raw between them so i, I imagine it's probably not been uh, terribly long. a long time yeah. but yeah they don't they don't go into super detail but you definitely see um rano's struggling as a father to to, to kind of relate to his son um, yeah. As well as kind of dealing with some grief still, obviously, about his deceased wife and, and the boys the same way. I mean, he's certainly missing missing his mother. It's very difficult for both of them when the mother comes up, like the one time she comes up in the movie. And, um, yeah, so I, I think he's struggling as a dad to kind of relate 
to him and and it's a, it's a it's a harsh environment they're very you know working class living off the land um but i don't think um and it it Pietri is kind of giving him a hard time in a way because he's just going on and on about this you know santa thing and it's just mm-hmm. uh yeah, they're, they're both struggling. It's it's it, it's a cool. There's like a nice dramatic kind of setup in this. The, the setting really lends itself well to this. I I, I read um I think it was in the, in the Wikipedia, but some of the reviews like compared this to to some of Carpenter's early work, especially the thing with the isolation yeah. and some of the monster moments. And I think that's an appropriate um an appropriate comparison. Like, I think it's got a lot of those kind of same notes that the, that movie makes at times, but oh, I could see that. I and it's c- got I some, see that. yeah. And it's just got, but it's also got that cool, like dramatic, uh, backbone, especially the relationship between the father and son. Cause that's, that's really key to the whole thing. Cause by the end of the movie, it's, uh, that, that relationship is, has grown. And it, it's really about Pietri trying to make his dad not only save his dad's life, but also make him, like, relate, proud of him and relate to him in some way and and vice versa. Like, he's, the dad is really struggling to to do the right thing and, you know, um, protect his son from the dangers of the life that they live. And, um, yeah, they're so, like, yeah, there's, like wolves, there's a lot of, yeah, like, wolves are a legitimate thing to be worried about. Yeah, yeah, they have wolf traps surrounding their house. Like that's that's how they catch the the quote unquote. We'll call it Santa because that's what I think that's what you think it is at the time. We find out they're elves later, but um, the creep, the first creepy old man that uh, comes out of the wild is caught in uh, Rauno and Pietri's wolf trap, which is just basically a giant spike pit in the ground. Yeah, um, and. They pull him out thinking he's dead and put him in the butcher shop or whatever, the processing area. Find out he's not dead. <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, call in the, the other locals, their friends, to try and figure out what the heck to do with this guy. And uh, things progress from there. So it is, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. There are no women in this film. Yeah. Which is really, really strange when you when I stopped to think about it. I didn't really notice until like the end of it. Um one of the characters, uh again, the names in this thing. Um I believe he is uh, he's Yuso's dad. I think he's Amo, but I'm not sure. Um correct me if I'm wrong if <laughs> but um mentions his wife, as in his wife being inside but that's like the only mention of you know. There's the mother, the deceased mother, and there's the wife that he mentions, and that's it. And otherwise, there are there are no female characters in this entire film. Um, thought it was really strange at first, but then I started thinking: Is that like weird, or do you think it's something intentional on the on the filmmakers? I couldn't like, tell. Um, it definitely the film is very contained. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an all male cast. There's lots of kind of gruff testosterone surrounding <laughs> what's kind of a, a a a surprisingly quasi touching holiday tale. Um, <laughs> right. It this one was hard to explain. It's I'll be honest. Like so, I, I started watching this one with with my wife and she fell asleep and i woke her up when it was over and we were going to bed she's like what did you think how did it end and i just said strange i'll explain it in the morning because <laughs> it, it, it is but um 
I didn't say it was bad. I was just like, it's different. It's very different. It kind of went like, whoa, down some weird areas. Uh, but yeah, the the cast alone is very, like, one kind of it's one dimensional. It's just, it's guys, and yep. it didn't need to be. It just is. Um, and right. I do think it it affects it in 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 many ways. Mm-hmm. My thoughts on it was that it, perhaps it was intentional for the filmmakers. One, because it hits home that it's you know about these. I don't know, like rough and tumble male male characters. There's a lot of testosterone, like you said, butting of heads, people um, kind of taking the macho approach to how they're going to, you know, approach this entire situation. But I also think that lack of any other supporting female characters may doesn't give um, Pietri as a character a mother to run. I, don't know, sure. I shouldn't say to run to, but like to, yeah, it doesn't give him somebody to like warm to as a mother replacement. Like they, it really forces this story of, you know, you get patching things up with your dad and making things, you know, making that relationship work. Um, I think you give, you give a female character a, a large role in this and I'll, it, it would be hard not to put her in that situation somewhat with the boy and, and have it be believable that he wouldn't kind of like, um, I don't know. You you would you you could write a character into this film that is kind of a romantic interest for Rauno slash mother interest for Pietri. It totally would work, but I don't think that's what this movie's about. I think it's about well, that relationship between the father and son. Especially if you look at the very end, mm-hmm. when it's like, and now we have to teach nurturing. Yeah, and who do yeah. you see teaching nurturing? Is big burly guys, you know, <laughs> essentially watching Vikings with dolls <laughs> learning how yeah. to like how to cuddle and snuggle and be sweet uh, i I'll, I'll be honest i didn't i didn't think about that but you bring up a very good point um it 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 is off-putting almost like it was intentional and i i kind of i i think i agree yeah <laughs> I, and i, I also think i didn't it, think it, of that when i first watched it it may be a somewhat intentional nod to things like the thing or other isolation work work related movies where there are no female characters because it's, you know, I don't know, because it was that in, in that specific movie, because it was the early eighties and that's just the way it was, but they didn't double. Yeah. Um, they didn't think twice about that. Right. Yeah. But so it, it was interesting. And I, I didn't, it was weird that I didn't notice until like late in the movie that like, wow, there really are, there are zero females in that entire movie. And there's only a mention of two women in the entire movie. Um, so yeah, just, just, curious that what your thoughts were on it and um i suppose without talking to the filmmakers themselves i don't know for sure whether that was an intentional I'll, choice or i'll just... be honest I, and I, I i feel a bit embarrassed i i should have considered something like that i should have thought about that. i noticed like all male cast i just kind of was like eh, misogynistic you know but no i <laughs> right. think you bring up a good point there it, it seems kind of obviously intentional considering mm-hmm. the way that the film progresses and the arc there is a story arc there is a character development arc especially with a father and son story here because you go yeah. from the father just like shut up Petri every minute to actually like listening to his son and to his son is the one directing what's going on mm-hmm. and then at the end what do we see is nurturing uh and teaching and it it like i said quasi heartwarming it is heartwarming yeah. but in a such a weird fucking way <laughs> yeah. well and let's uh i guess let's um 
walk away from some of the more um, character-driven pieces and go to some of what is uh, horrific or more of a horror film about this, and that's the, uh, I don't know, the creepy Santas, I suppose. And what uh, This movie's full of really great, like, creepy, suspenseful scenes. Uh, like, like, like the review said, it compares it to classic Carpenter, and I don't think it's just the setting that compares it to the thing. I think it's also the way that those scenes play out and some of the suspense. I think it has, a, it does have a style that's very similar to that, and that's probably why I really, really enjoyed it. But um, for you, like, what was, what was, what creeped you out about this? Did did it work? Did was it creepy? Was it? Uh, did I, I the... didn't personally get creeped out by it. Not on my creeped out meter like nothing gave mm. me like the, ugh, you know um yet very suspenseful mm. very suspenseful especially the scenes where they have the first bearded helper um <laughs> yeah in captivity and he's just when crouching. he first like wakes up yeah, yeah and he's just <laughs> crouching there uh that whole sequence was incredibly suspenseful uh that that was impressive yeah i think the uh the idea of the taking something like santa claus that is such an innocent like you know um myth and you such such a kind of essential part of growing up especially in america but also throughout throughout europe and all over the world um and kind of turning it on its head and making it something threatening especially something threatening towards children um, you know, these, these Santas literally capture and, and consume children. They're essentially, you know, children eating zombies and, uh, that are slave to this, you know, ancient pagan god of sorts that is very Krampus looking with his giant horns and, uh, you know, long beard. They're all kind of bearded gray and, uh, well, it, very naked lots of lots of naked weird old men in this movie so um but i don't know there's something there's, there's something about that that juxtaposition of like innocence that that i think lends itself well to just being kind of unsettling i don't know if creepy is the right word necessarily but like it's just um like it just kind of sets the meter off like oh this isn't right like <laughs> um but yeah, I know I agree. I think that the the most suspenseful moments are when when they're kind of identifying what exactly it is that's going on with this guy. Um, they find him in the in the in the wolf trap. They drag him in there. They they think he's a dead American at first, which they check his passport photo and it doesn't look anything like the guy that's in the <laughs> um, picture. And so they're suspicious about it kind of right off the bat. And um, then find out like oh wait he's he appears to actually be alive suddenly and um he just continues to kind of recover and turn to you just yeah like you said those those scenes are are creepy and Very. um suspenseful i suppose more than creepy i keep using that word but it it, uh, it really is and they play it pretty well too because when when pietri's going through all of his research right and he's he's staying up all night, sitting at his window, reading about, you know, different versions of Santa and and the origins of the Santa Claus myth and everything and what they could be doing up on the mountain. You know, you're seeing the imagery of, uh, you know, Jolapuki. You're seeing the imagery of the Krampus and all this other stuff too. And mm. then you see this kind of emaciated 
dirty, naked, bearded man, and he's not speaking. And yeah, it's and and the footprints. There's like footprints around all the slaughtered reindeer and all that stuff. Um, it really it, it there is a creepy factor there, but and especially every time a child walks in, the way their eyes reflect <laughs> like like a bear's in the dark or something like they smell yeah. it. Kind of yeah. glow slightly red and or orange something, and they, you know, start sniffing at them, yeah. and just the way that the, <laughs> the pupils just fully open, like you know, they dilate, and oh, yeah. it's just, yeah. But the suspense that builds off of it is is very good because you never really see them do anything. Yeah, no, it's all it's all just based on the the mythology and kind of the. And what everybody says, like when, like, oh, he bit this pole in half. You didn't see him do it. Yep. They just came after, like, yeah, this is what they did. And it it is very effective. More effective than the kind of big, re- what's, I, I couldn't tell if it's supposed to be a big reveal in the barn. I mean, With, I, well, uh, I guess we did put a spoiler warning so I can just say it. Yeah, when you actually yeah, the- find out, like, you know. I thought, should I call him Santa Claus or Joel Joel Pukey? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, Santa Claus evil is Santa. The, yeah, the evil. way they refer to him in the movie is as Santa Claus, at least in the translation in the, or the yeah. subtitles they do. So, but it's uh, yeah, a gigantic like two story tall <laughs> block of ice with you know ram's horns coming out of it. Yep, and a little disappointing. I don't know. I guess I I. After the, the the cool, intriguing weirdness I saw building up to that, that I expected to see something a little more. Maybe it's just I'm an '80s kid and I like my big monsters, yeah. so I want to see them. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of that was one of my questions that I had. Is um, do you think it was disappointing that we never got to see the quote unquote real Santa? That absolutely, um, yeah. It, should they have given us a monster? Part yeah. of me says yeah, and then. Part of me says it's kind of cool that, like, in the beginning, you get all those, like, you were just talking about thumbing, Pietri thumbing through those books, and you get these, like, great kind of old-fashioned images of this monster and what it looks like, its horns and its beard, and it's consuming flesh, and it's just this, like, you know, hideous, horrifying monster, and then you get enough with the block of ice to see those traits. Like you see a little bit of like the beardiness of it. You see the giant horns coming out of the block of ice. You see kind of a shape. And I think it's done enough in setting up that, you know, what, what this thing is in that beginning part that you're like, Oh shit, you know, there it is. I can, you know, the imagination just kind of takes you the rest of the way. Um, and based on the rest of kind of the CG effects they were able to pull off in this movie, I'm not sure I want to see a monster. <laughs> that's in, true in this, in this specific movie. That's but, true. Um, yeah, and that's you know, and that's not to take too much away from it. I know this is obviously made on a you know, whatever budget, whatever budget. I'm sure it says if I want to figure out what the budget is for it, but uh, it was made for 1.8 million euro. So. Um, I don't know. It turned it turned box office like five times over that for sure. But um, I, I I see your point. Same. Yeah, like it probably would have been but, bad to see whatever. But because but I do think it's kind of cool that it it did rely on like it gave you enough to give you that spark of imagination and put your brain right back onto those pages. 
and uh, like you knew exactly what would have come out of that block of ice if they would have shown you. I guess I I think what I would have wanted to see more importantly than seeing a creature is him waking up. To me, the threat of a thing that's still entrapped in a block of ice and you destroyed it in its block of ice isn't as scary as, oh shit, it did get out. Yeah. So that was my only thing. Is like I wanted a little I don't I'm not I won't say I'm disappointed I didn't get to see the creature. I'm disappointed that evil Santa didn't do more. That there wasn't like the real like raw threat of him. He wasn't you know, a threat. Being... I mean he yeah. was in the form that he's right there and he's thawing. But Well and he's obviously, you know, his influence is controlling all of these other Right. You know, Elves, zombies, Santas, whatever you want to call them. But he himself is not a threat at all in the movie. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Like, nobody gets picked up and consumed by this giant creature. Even even from, like, a POV shot or nothing like that. And I'm not saying I needed anything like that. I'm not not saying specifically what I was missing. I'm just, there was a theme that would have been kind of... I, I, I was waiting for that to happen, considering what happened already in the film. I thought they were building to that. And my own expectations, right? It kind of builds you up to think you're going to see this something more than what you do. And his... He's helpless to the point where they are able to, like, before before blowing him up, they actually saw off the giant horns as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But... Which I don't know, know really why, why they did so, except as maybe a trophy. <laughs> yeah, that was just kind of a... Okay... Yeah, seems... nor was it suggested that I remember, at least, that taking his horns, you know, robbed him of any of his power or whatever, but anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, it kind of feels like, uh, knowing, again, these are based on some very clever and very amusing short films. Mm-hmm. Um, they they built kind of a really kind of cool, creepy mythology, uh, you know, suspenseful mythology with it. It was a lot of fun more than anything else this movie's a lot of fun yeah um, it is and and i love like the whole the whole kind of climax of it and and you know pietri becoming the kind of the hero of the movie he's he's kind of this child action hero and not in an obnoxious way he actually you know all of the like kind of research and everything he was doing he's gets gets vindicated in the eyes of his father and you know yeah. his father's friends his community because that's really his community it's like a five-person village right and um it's uh, it, it's fun, and I I don't see like I didn't see where it was all going like um, when they you know I I guess I kind of guessed it was going to like the giant Santa monster, but after that when they kind of herd all of the elves or uh, the Santa zombies into the old reindeer pens, yeah, and I'm thinking like what are they gonna do with them then? Like they get them there, great. What what what's the you know what's the end game for this? And this is the best part of the movie when you. <laughs> really what it plays out of what exactly it is the idea that they come up with to deal with these things so santa itself the monster santa the big beast of the movie has been dealt with he's he's gone they've they've blown him up he's it's as much as we can assume from what we're told he's history right Mm -hmm. so they have all of these old bearded zombie types you know santa claus empty shell santa claus yeah yeah, that are no longer being controlled by like their hive mind monster, and uh, 
so they're like, well, what do we do with these things? Well, they, where we get the name Rare Exports, they actually decide that they're going to package them and ship them off to other countries so they can have their own Santa Claus. So if you ever wonder why mall Santas are a little weird or can smell a little funny, might be because they're actually one of these guys straight from the north, uh, the north, what they call it, Lapland, <laughs> like yeah. the north, so north of Lapland. Lapland. And, and they yep, they have to go through proper training to learn how to be affectionate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you know, wrapping presents it, and things, and it's just it's that it's, ending was just so strange. <laughs> it's Watch. perhaps one of my favorite epilogues, and the the whole movie's fun, and it, it's yeah. it's you know it's it's creepy, it's suspenseful, it's funny, it's it's actually got this quite like heartwarming kind of thing with you know this it's a father and son story learning to cope and live together, and. Then, on top of all of that, it has this, like, fantastically weird epilogue where all of a sudden this, you know, small um, community in the the way north of Finland has become the exporters of weird Santa Clauses <laughs> throughout the yeah. entire world. And, uh, yeah, the, the training scenes of them, you know, teaching these Santas to, no, you don't eat children, you're supposed to be kind to them, and you give them presents, and, like... Um, is really great like it's good stuff it, it is honestly i can say that ending this shitstorm dumpster fire used diaper filled with indian food of a year yeah i have watched by choice two holiday movies already yeah i say by choice because i had to watch some stuff today that i did not want to from the kids <laughs> but yeah by choice uh, this one and the new Mel Gibson movie, Fat Man. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is ending the point on a high note. Ending the year <laughs> on a high note. This was good. That was good, too. I, I like it's, And I hate how I hate Christmas movies. This one was so much fun. It was so goddamn weird um, yeah. that it's impossible to dislike. I, I found it impossible, personally, for me, just with my personality <laughs> type, to dislike this. Uh, yeah, it it was. There are things I can criticize about it, and I have. But overall, I really liked it because it was just yeah. that ending was so holy shit. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I, I I feel like the ending really really kind of makes it. And and the reason I like originally suggested like if you know don't go and watch the short films before you see this because it kind of spoils that surprise because the first short film is it's about set runs about seven minutes. And that is the what it is. It's really that end epilogue. It shows how they like hunt down the Santas and they train them and then they send them away and that's really the whole film. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 kind of masquerading as like a late night like long form advertisement for rare exports and it's it's a cool clever little short film. But if you see that first, you're the whole like you know end of the movie is going to be a bit spoiled for you. But right. Um, no, it's it, it's great. Like I I. And it just kind of like sits in this like place that's so wonderfully like weird because like I said about like, you know, mall Santa, we always know there's something a little bit weird or a little bit off about some people that like professionally play. I shouldn't say that. There's, there's probably so, so oh, many. Like, I saw a mall Santa. I saw a this, drunk mall like, Santa once. I did see a drunk mall Santa. In I think we've all seen a drunk mall Santa at one point in our lives, but <laughs> I saw a drunk mall Santa pass out. Oh no. Yeah. With a, a kid on his lap. One. Yeah. Kid jumped up. I mean, he was already getting loud, which is what got our attention. He was like, wow, that Santa's <laughs> really fucking loud. 
and he's very very jolly and the next kid that got on his lap he's like how are you and the kid's like nervous but like good and he goes i'm good too. i'm sleepy should we take a nap let's take a nap and he just knocks his head back and he's out <laughs> this is a colonial village in rockford illinois colonial village mall in rockford illinois probably around like 1996 or 97 yeah uh. out like a light so this was one Shit. that they didn't take much to track and yep. capture. <laughs> Shit, maybe it was a, maybe it was an imitator. They didn't go with the real original rare export Santa. They did. Yeah, was like... it was a knockoff. <laughs> Something you pick up like in Times Square in New York City. It's total yeah. knockoff Santa. <laughs> Next to the fake Gucci purses. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think. The cool thing about this movie is that makes it so much fun is like, and it, we I don't know if we touched on it a whole lot, but it, it's also very, we, I guess we did talk about it, but it's also a funny movie. Like it's, it's definitely it got is. a lot of dark humor. Um, reactions of people are a bit over the top. The characters are even a little over the top at times, especially uh, what's his name? The friend of the father that they, um, I'm going to struggle with this one. It's Piperian. Papirian, um, but I don't know if he's like the may like if he's like the leader of the group or something. But he's he's in some position that I he's got kind of a mayoral type status among these people. Um, but he's definitely uh, <laughs> kind of an over the he's he's a unique character. I don't know if he's over the top as in like uh, the performance necessarily, but and then. Um, well, you have a brief appearance by a sheriff, so there is some sort of like town or law or something nearby. But you know, I don't know. It's it's very tribal in a lot of ways. Like, um, but yeah, the, like the humor, like so, it's it's humor works really well throughout this thing. It it's really weird because it's a it's a creepy kind of dark movie, but it at points is heartwarming and it's funny and it's got this whole like weird origin story for santa claus and not just like the beast that is santa claus and the dark part of the story but also like the weird kind of cultural phenomenon of santa claus that you know leads us to like weird mall santas and all that stuff so it does all of this like super interesting stuff so yeah it it, it the one thing that i think I, I both liked about this movie but also kind of struggled with a little bit was the fact that it I could never really tell what kind of movie I was gonna it was gonna be ending as yeah it starts out um, almost like a, a suspense well with you know the kids watching what's going on well the whole opening itself taking place in like the the drilling company office and everything Um almost feels a bit science fiction and then it goes into or sci-fi fantasy and then it goes into thriller horror ends up dark comedy it, it kind of packs a lot in for one film and i think that's one of the things that kept me interested is it it teases you enough along the way like you're trying to lure in a father christmas style santa um, <laughs> it, it, it lures you along with what are they going to do next? And, and, and that's, that's a great, great thing. Um, there's some, there's some movies you watch and while you're watching them, 
you know you're going to go back and watch this one again because there's like a super funny part or something. And you know you're going to go back to watch that part again. This is different. This one, it wasn't until the end that I went, okay, yes. Yeah. And it's not for a scene. <laughs> it's not for a line. It's not for a particular chuckle. It's it's for the whole experience of going through this truly bizarre type. I don't know. I keep saying that word. But this one was just really fucking. I like weird movies. I like movies that feel like a weird roller coaster. Not just up and down, but oh, you're doing something totally different. I, I love that. And if it's different yeah. enough, that'll bring you back to it. And this is one of those. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it's not just your uh, typical, you know, killer Santa. This is not something that would have gone. No. The Silent Night, Deadly Night series. Although, actually, the the latter part of that series, they could have certainly done something like this because they were going kind of anthology style. Definitely wouldn't have hurt, right? Um, Honestly, this is one, too. I want to mention, I'd show this to my kids. I don't think it'd hold their interest. But I would show it to them because it's not, there's nothing that says I couldn't. It's not gory. It's not really, it ends up not really being horror. No, it it, it, it kind of takes like a transformation. Like it starts off like it's going to be a monster movie. It turns into kind of a suspense, like almost like siege type movie, like the thing where it's about yeah. entrapment. And then then, I'll, then it shifts again and it's kind of an action thriller for a little while, zombie-esque kind of thing going on. And then, and then it shifts even more to, um, yeah, it's kind of all over the place in a good way, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and not every movie can do that. No, no, certainly not. This is certainly a unique one, and um, I think compared to a lot of other Christmas horror films, like I said uh, before, we were talking about the Krampus movies prior to getting on to uh, mm-hmm. recording today. Like I, I have not actually seen the Michael Doherty um, recent Krampus film that has spawned like a million clones, uh, especially in the straight to video market. I guess we don't, we don't call it that anymore, straight to streaming market. I guess, but. Um, so I was a little unfamiliar with that whole thing. And this uh, this usually makes, Rare Exports usually makes, I looked up, you know, just today I looked up um, Cramp, like, the, you know, complete list of, like, Krampus movies that are out there. And I'll almost always find Rare Exports on those lists. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of a Krampus movie because it does build in all of oh, that totally. kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's kind of its own thing because it also talks about, like I said, culturally like what santa claus is to you know modern people it it kind of builds that into it as well so well i think it's um, really interesting and again i just i i find some of the history of of one of the things i like about horror films is how they always kind of coincide with something in some form of popular culture right mm -hmm. um or, or a reflection of something on a society because it's a it's based around a fear. And this movie's whether you call it a horror or a thriller, it, it definitely wants to try to make you uncomfortable at moments, right? Yeah. And if yep. you look through what most of us, us, you know, the grip in the '80s were online in the '90s, as I put it, mentally online in the '90s. Um, our version of Santa Claus is essentially what was you know coming out in you know Coca-Cola ads and in you know, classic images we grew up with from the Saturday Evening Post. Right. You know, uh, which, and we all grew up reading Twas the Night Before Christmas, which Mm -hmm. is an 1800s 
you know, attributed to be you know, from an author in the 1800s. But that's really where our description of Santa Claus comes from. And it was later in life that we learn more about imagery of uh, and the cultural concept of Father Christmas and and you know other other versions of this Father Christmas character, like you know again you know uh, you know Joe Lepuki or even if you look back at Charles Dickens and the Ghost of Christmas Present, yeah, is Father Christmas? That's Santa Claus essentially. Oh the yeah, big giant sure. green guy with the beard, jolly oh, yeah, and happy. You, you have know. the in, in in cultural like the way the way it kind of progressed with the Santa Claus myth. I mean, I think it, I think you find the older you go back or the the origins of the myth, you do have a creature or or a myth about a creature that is kind of both uh, Santa and Krampus or Santa and Black Peter or whatever you call the yeah. you know the opposite of Santa. That was all kind of in one person for a while, and then uh, then you know as as it became more culturally acceptable, you know the good, the light, and the dark kind of split off into two different places, and eventually the dark is kind of vanquished. Um, and we just go on with the, you know, jolly old St. Nicholas type um, Santa Claus from, like you said, Twas the Night Before Christmas and um, Miracle on 34th Street and et cetera, et cetera, the things that we, we get all of our right modern conceptions of Santa from. But, yeah, if you follow it back far enough, you, you find, like, there's, um, you know, a creature that it's, the myth, the mythology behind it is it's a behavioral, you know, it's, 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 it's it's a good way to threaten your children, I suppose, is the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, I think way back it was, uh, yeah, if, you know, so and so, whatever we call this this Christmas time creature, it will, uh, you know, reward you if you're a you're good boy or girl. But if you're not, it's going to come and, you know, punish you. So, well, so yeah, it turns and... out, you know, at the end of the day, the, the grandpa at the beginning of Silent Night, Deadly Night is really correct about Santa Claus, isn't he? I guess he really around. is. I mean, for those of you that are really totally, you know, fully canon on the Video Junkyard podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, I mean, let's let's be honest, too, not to get political about this, but the what's the worst that can happen if you're naughty is that Santa Claus puts coal in your stocking. That's pretty privileged. Yeah. You know, that's a, no that's kidding. A, it is a pretty privileged coal, concept right there. Which you can actually... From the period when this myth, you know, or when the Santa Claus thing really started taking prevalence in Europe and America, um, coal is something you could still keep your house warm. It's not the worst present you could possibly get. I mean, you, you, know, you, you could be beaten with reeds and shoved in a sack and dragged to hell. Yeah. yeah. That's the other possibility. Yeah, because that's, um, I think that's where we started off, and it ends up with coal. So it's, it's come come a long way. It does. It does. So, anyway, yeah, we should probably get around to doing some some grades. So, yeah, do you have any any final thoughts? And if you had to give a grade to uh, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, um, what would it be? Well, I think for this one, again, just the constant. What really kept my attention on this is this is a very evolving film. It it starts out with almost like a like I said, almost like a science fiction type opening and it ends up being totally different and it goes through a whole bunch of these different iterations of subgenres throughout the way uh you don't see that in a lot of films it, done in a well in, in a good way it's easy to do that when you don't know what the hell you're doing writing a story <laughs> but in this case it it worked very well in keeping you online and keeping you interested so uh the payoff at the end is worth it it's a it is a weird movie and i say that in a loving way where I'm going to go ahead and I'll give this one um, like a solid B. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to echo a lot of those things. For me, this was like a early holiday treat. Like, I'm seeing a... Like, you know how we are with holiday films as a culture. Like, we tend to watch the same four or five things, same way they are with holiday songs, and that's why I don't really like... It's... I've always pegged it on, like, do you like Christmas music? And my original thing is, like, say, no, I don't like Christmas music, or no, I don't like Christmas movies. And that's not actually true. There are certainly Christmas songs and Christmas movies that I enjoy. It's just that this oversaturation of, like, the popular four or five of them that drives me crazy. So it's nice to have, like, a, it's a long way of saying, it's a refreshing way to get, you know, a fresh, refreshing to get something new into the yearly uh, things, which I think this is going to be one of them. This might be one that I pull out every year because I found it that enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's highly original, like um, holiday. I guess it's a horror film. Like you said, there's so much different stuff going on with the like kind of monster movie aspect, sci-fi aspect. Um, just the setting and the characters kind of give you this really unique flavor. Um, I think that the, uh, what they call the elves, the Santas, the whatever you want to call them at the end of the day, are... Mm -hmm when they are you know early in the film when they are like the the zombie-esque kind of creepy aspect of it i think they're highly effective and i think it works as a horror film when it needs to um yeah i think this is one i might might become part of my holiday tradition i'm not sure if it's quite the equivalent of trick-or-treat for halloween time but it's certainly uh one of my favorite holiday horror films i've discovered so i'm gonna give this one a b plus i thought it was really great i think it's worth all the hype that i had read over the years so how how does it compare though? And I just am asking this off the top of my head because I haven't come back and listened. But um, how does this compare though? Has, has this earned a place up there with Silent Night, Deadly Night two? <laughs> Very different kind of movies. This one I think <laughs> is actually a good movie, and uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night two is one of those that I think must be watched every year just to remember. My God. <laughs> oh, I I have weekly but, reminders because I have my to remind myself to take the garbage out every week <laughs> i've actually oh, put in an alarm on my phone for garbage day <laughs> that's fantastic with an yeah. image of ricky yeah i was gonna say i assume it's the whole thing yeah whole thing yeah yeah silent night deadly night too and, and the funny thing is is that this is going to be a tangent well i swear we'll wrap this up but uh the funny thing about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is it's it's the quintessential one of those movies that you got to watch every year. And the reason that it bumps off the first one is because most of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is actually the first one. But yeah. Then it's got all this like wonderful like batshit other stuff. You get all the all the juicy elements of the first film. Yep. Plus you get Ricky and you know the wonderful performance by oh gosh I forgot the actor's name. Um, not gonna remember anyway. I'm not gonna bother editing that out. But yeah, so the the main <laughs> actor in that. <laughs> but it uh, yeah. So that's one you gotta watch every year. I feel like this one is a totally different type of movie. And yeah, so I'd put them like kind of on an equal level of like rewatchability, but for totally different reasons. And like, like I've talked about in the past, it's a weird thing about grading stuff or being you know critical of things because things are enjoyable for different reasons. And Silent Night Deadly Night Two is a turd. That is, you know, a lot of fun to watch. But well, I, um, I would have to say that every year around the holidays, I do go through some holiday movies like Christmas Vacation, the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, it's kind of a one. classic, you know, especially if you grew up in that era. Um, I usually like to throw in the Ref with Dennis Leary. Uh, Got to do that one one of these years. That yeah, um, 
Bill Murray and Scrooge. And oh yeah, honestly, my favorite, I, I, I have to add not only Silent Night, Dilly Night two and, and one for that matter. Um, this one, this one's gonna go in there too. This one yeah. will probably go in there before next week's episode. Will. <laughs> yeah. I I've never seen next week's episode. I'm looking forward to and yeah. to tackling that one cuz I've I've heard I've heard mixed things to say the least, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, it's there. So. <laughs> but yeah. So we're we're kind of similar on this one though. Like being a B plus. It's yeah. This one's worth checking out. It's Yeah, it's, especially for free. You could do a lot is. worse. You could do a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. This one was fun. But I would really like to know, though, if anybody listening has seen this one. If you watched it, which, again, it's available for free on Tubi, um, what did you think of Rare Exports or any of the Rare Export short films? We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can contact us at videojunkairpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at videojunkpod or on Facebook, either using the official Video Junkyard Podcast page, which is very official, or... Uh, contact us through the Video Junk Air Podcast group either way. Uh, any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, we'd love to hear what you have to say. And coming up on the Video Junk Air Podcast, we will continue our Christmas time or our holiday time um, special, and we are going to look at yet another killer Santa movie. Uh, we're going to be checking out the film Christmas Evil next year, which is well, another one that I know by reputation and reading of for many years. Um, Perhaps its reputation is not quite as positive as Rare Exports, but we'll see. I have yet to, I haven't checked it out yet, so yeah, we'll see what we make of Christmas Evil next next week. And um, yeah, I hope you'll join us uh, for that one. I forgot where that's streaming for free, but it's somewhere for free because we always uh, try to make sure that they're free for you guys to check out as well. So I know we'll throw it up on the Facebook page and probably on we Twitter sure as well. Will. But uh, we want to thank you once again for joining us tonight for our discussion here on the Video Junk Air podcast. Feel free and please do share around. Let everybody know what a good time you had with us here tonight. And hopefully you'll join us again next week. Until then, this is once again the Video Junk Air podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. We have Santa Claus. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>